Hi, this is Liz Craven. Welcome to Sage Aging. This is your podcast for understanding the aging and caregiving journey and connecting to the information and resources that will make your experience better. Before we dive in, let me remind you that you can find all Sage Aging episodes, the Sage Aging Elder Care Guide, and much more at eldercareguide.com. Advanced Care Planning. Now that's a phrase that you've likely heard before, and for many of you, it's something you've decided you'll just deal with later, you know, when you have more time. But is it really something that you want to leave for later? After our conversation today, I'm sure that you'll agree it's not. But how do you start the uncomfortable conversation with your loved ones? Nobody wants to talk about the end of life, right? It's hard, and it makes us confront emotions and feelings that we aren't quite ready for yet. But guess what? It's not as hard as you think it is. And today, we're going to introduce you to a tool that will guide you and your family through the process. It's called Five Wishes. Joining me today is Barbara Harrington. Barbara is the founder of All About Aging, an aging life care firm designed to help provide solutions for families as they go through life's changes. She has a master's degree in gerontology with an undergrad degree in early childhood education. She's a very happy grandmother to nine fun little people, and she's also a quilt maker. I'm very happy to have her on the podcast, and if you think back all the way to episode eight, she joined me to talk about aging life care and what a life care manager was. So if you missed that one, definitely jump back and listen to that. It was a great episode. Thank you for joining me again, Barbara. I'm so happy to have you back. Thank you. It's really fun to see you again. You're always one of my favorite people to see. Barbara is one of those people, when you've got an idea that you want to flush out, when you have a thought in your head, she's a great person to bounce those things off of. And when I feel like we always have a really great back and forth and come up with some really cool ideas when we're together. We do have good conversations. We do. Now, this one, this is a hard topic. This is something that is so uncomfortable, and I know it touches me in a very personal way, and I would imagine you too, but, you know, we're going to have the conversation. We're just going to do it. I'm ready. All right. Well, before we get started, a new little thing that I'm doing is asking my guests to give me two words that describe you. Well, I've already said on there, Mimi and quilt maker, because mm-hmm. that's really what my life is. Work, of course. Right. Mimi and quilt maker are the joy. Oh, those are the best joys. And you're good at your quilt making, too. And your little brood of grandchildren has grown from zero to nine very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> that has been fun to watch. It is fun. There's a lot of quilts I need to make. Do you make one for each grandchild? Absolutely. Oh, Everybody that's needs amazing. their own quilt. They need their own Christmas quilt. Oh, that's amazing. All right. So advanced care planning. Let's talk about this. Uh, Do you watch This Is Us, by the way? I do not. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. You have got to watch that show. So This Is Us, for those who aren't familiar, is a series that started, I don't know, I guess they're five or six seasons in now, and this is the last season. And it's the journey of a family all the way from when the couple meets to end of life. 
and their journey in between. They raised three children. They had triplets. One of their triplets died, but there was an abandoned baby in the hospital. And so they took that baby home and adopted it. And so it's through the whole journey of life. But the important part of that that I want to get to is that the mother, in the end, ends up suffering from Alzheimer's. And it takes this family's journey. You walk along their journey through this whole process and end of life. And the season ends next week. And that ends the show itself. It's like the last show. Mm -hmm. And last night was the beginning of her death process. Her family all around her, they used uh, the analogy of a train. And she was on this long train and walking through all the cars of the train. And each car that she passed through, there was somebody important in her life. And the person ushering her through was her adopted son's birth father, who had passed long before. He said something to her that was so striking. She was sad because she could hear her children talking to her, and she saw the sign at the top of the door she was about to pass through that said Caboose Car. And so she knew she was at the end, and she said, the end is so sad. And he said, I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember exactly word for word, but in essence, what he said was, it's really not sad depending on how you view it. It's not the end of everything. It's just the beginning of the next beautiful thing. And she kind of thought about that and she said, okay, I'm ready. And she walked through the door. And I won't tell the rest because I'm sure there are people who haven't seen it yet, but how striking that was. And how Um, timely for today. Yes. I was just buckets of tears. My husband walked in from the gym and said, you're watching This Is Us again. Because it it has, it usually does. It's emotional. Yeah. (laughs) Takes me to that place. But it it takes me there. And I think it takes a lot of people there because we all have those personal experiences with our own loved ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, that brought me right back to the moment that that my mom passed. And it was hard. And those things are so difficult to face again and again when you see things like that. But that's why it's so important for us to have the conversation that we're having today about advanced care planning. And what does that mean? And why is it important? So let's jump in and start with what is advanced care planning? Advanced care planning is the gift you give your family. It's your wishes put on paper so that somebody who's in charge, whoever you decide is going to be in charge when the time comes, you cannot make decisions. They're going to honor your wishes. And it's so much better when you do this. You'll be so much happier that you have created your advanced care plan so that you know you're secure in the choices you've made and who you pick to be that person to do it. It is a gift. Let me tell you. It is so much better. Yes. You've seen the families who've done the planning versus the families who've not done the planning. Yes, very much so. And when they are, you know, confused about what to do, we always go back to their living will. Right. What is in their wishes here? How how are you going to make the decision? What's next? You go back to when they could make the decision. What did they put on paper for you? And I think another thing that people tend to forget about why it's important is that when you are in crisis or in a very emotional place and life has changed, it's easy for us to think about some of these things and make some decisions now. Later, when you're in the middle of that and when you are staring at the end of life, 
right there close to you, it's really hard to make those decisions. You kind of forget what it is that you really wanted. And fear takes hold. I remember my mother had always said she didn't want long drawn out suffering. But when it came close to the end, she had cancer and she was suffering so much, she could hardly get up out of a chair. She had to have assistance all the time. But even so, she was begging them to give her one last round of chemo. Maybe that won't be the one. Right. You know, it was her emotion mm-hmm. and her <laughs> reluctance to leave life. She wanted to she live life. She didn't want to go to that caboose. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. She didn't. And so she wasn't ready yet. Yes. And this is this is the importance of having these conversations now with your family. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to have those conversations later when you're in the middle of something. Right. I hope people get that. And and I hope those of you listening will sit through this conversation. It might be uncomfortable and it might make you a little bit sad. It might even make you cry thinking about this, but it's okay. This is unfortunately a part of life that nobody can avoid. We will all face it one day. And I hope that everyone in your world is happy and healthy at this point, but that makes it the perfect time to have this conversation. So I like how you call it a tool. Mm-hmm. Because it is a tool. So it's something yes. you can learn to use. Absolutely. And I think many times things are harder in life just because we don't utilize the tools around us. And it's our wish to provide as many tools as possible through eldercareguide.com, through the Sage Aging podcast, through our blog, through everything that we do. It really is intended to fill a family's toolbox with all the things that they need to navigate this part of life successfully. And so today is a conversation about another fabulous tool and how wonderful that all these tools are out there. We don't have to create them. We don't have to make them up. We just have to help people be aware of them and find them. So let's talk about five wishes. Tell me what is five wishes in the first place? And secondly, how did it come to be? Five Wishes is an advanced care planning document. So it can be your living will. It can be supplemented with the living will that you may have created otherwise, but it is accepted as a living will in all 50 states. So it's a very detailed living will. It's lovely because it's really specific to you and maybe a lot more detailed than your general living will would be. So it has the five specific wishes. One is you identify who do you want to be making the healthcare decisions for you and you can't make them. The second is, what kind of medical treatment do you want or not want? The third is, how comfortable do you want to be? What are the things that make you comfortable? The fourth is, how do you want people to treat you? And the fifth is, what do you want your loved ones to know? What have you maybe not said to them, but you want them to know about your life and about maybe your relationship with them? But I love the story of how it came to be. So way back in the late 90s, Mother Teresa, you all remember Mother Teresa, her work with the dying left an impact on the world, and Jim Tui was no exception. So he worked with Mother Teresa as her legal counsel, and over the years became her trusted advisor and friend. So during their time working side by side with sick and dying, Jim felt a calling to help those nearing the end of life. He was able to see what people wanted, and he learned what was important to them before death. At Mother Teresa's urging, he founded an organization that is called Aging with Dignity. It actually started here in Florida. This is a nonprofit that was developed in 1996, 
with a mission to safeguard and affirm the human dignity of every person who faces challenges and opportunities of aging or a serious illness. So two years later, the Five Wishes was developed as a first advanced care plan to address personal, emotional, and spiritual wishes. It's been embraced by families, community groups, faith communities, medical and legal providers. They worked hard with the American Bar Association to make sure that it was meeting any legal standards. And then with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the program became a reality and went nationwide. So it's really a comprehensive person-centered care planning document. It's easy to use, and it helps initiate those conversations that are difficult. The hallmark of it is its simplicity. It is 10 pages, but it guides you through step by step. Jim Tuohy has continued on with Aging with Dignity Organization. If you're interested in that, they're in D.C., and they advocate for the right to age with dignity. So it's, it's good because it's written in everyday simple language. It allows your family and the caregiver to know whatever it is you want them to know. Anyone who hasn't thought about advanced care planning yet probably doesn't recognize the gold that sits in that little tool. Those 10 pages are something that can take a very uncomfortable situation and make it palatable. I won't say it'll make it easy or make it fun. The form itself is easy to use. The process is an easy process. However, it's a very difficult conversation. But I think the form itself is what takes some of that difficulty away. Even if your loved one doesn't want to talk about it, they can take a look and circle what it is or write something in. The necessity of verbalizing it, it minimizes that. It really does. So when this was introduced to the state by Governor Lawton Childs, the Miami Herald reviewed it, and they described it as a living will with a heart and soul. And I thought that was a beautiful way that. to identify it. The living will with a heart and soul. Wow. So why should someone choose Five Wishes over – there are all kinds of tools you can use, right? right? I mean, you can do this. What are the other ways that you can – do well, advanced t- planning. Typically with your attorney, when you're going to do your health care surrogate, your power of attorney, and your living will, it's often pretty straightforward. <clears throat> so you'll check off certain things. Maybe it's saying that you don't want a feeding tube or you don't want extended ex- extreme measures taken. So it's those kind of things. So it's very practical. And those are good. I mean, everybody should have some kind of a living will and certainly pick out your power of attorney in your healthcare surrogate. When we first meet with clients, that's the first thing we look at. I want to know who's going to be there when we need help, if that time comes. And people often say, oh, I have my will, I have the executor. And we have to explain, that's great when you've passed away, but what about when you're alive? What about Mm -hmm. if you are in a bad accident and you cannot make decisions for yourself? Who is going to be that person and how are they going to know what you want? So we encourage you, do something. I love the five wishes, and I think this is just a super tool for everybody. But you also, along with that, absolutely need your legal paperwork done for who is the power of attorney and who is the healthcare surrogate. Now, the five wishes in here, you can designate your healthcare agent. It's always, there's a different term. Some people call it a medical power of attorney. Mm-hmm. So you can document that in the five wishes, and that counts. But you still need to, on a whole different ballgame, go with that power of attorney and who's going to handle your financial needs if you cannot. It really is important when you are thinking about end of life and way before end of life 
that you have your ducks in a row. And so I'd encourage you to go back and visit our elder law series that we did last year. I will link that in the show notes and in the blog post for this episode because it'll walk you through all of the different legal things you need to think of. And you can check yourself and see if you've got your ducks in a row and maybe there's something that you missed out on that you just didn't know. And maybe Um, it was so long ago that you need to update it. Yes, that's really important. I will tell you, we have one lady who hired us for her care management several years ago simply to implement her five wishes. She wanted to make sure that when the end of her life came, somebody knew where her five wishes are. Of course, we said we might be able to help you along the journey also. So we do see her once a month. But I'll tell you, she has updated her five wishes, changed it uh, three times in years. It is super important to her. Well, that's smart. Life changes. Mm -hmm. And I know that's hard for some people. It's not fun. Record keeping really is not fun. But if you can do a good job of that, you make your journey so much better. And this is one of those instances, too. This speaks to the height of quality of life and the height of the type of end of life you want to experience and keeping that up to date as you change and grow is a good thing. And, you know, I say it's a gift to the family, but really it's a gift to yourself also that you take the time to identify that and and honor that part of your life. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I've experienced it both ways with family who has planned and family who has not. And I can tell you, the family who planned made the living families experience so much better. It was less stressful, not easy ever, but definitely a lot less stressful. It's your roadmap. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So when you fill out your five wishes form, does it take effect right away? And do you have to have it notarized? Good questions. It is there right away. If something happened to you, it's available. So you want to make sure that your family knows where it is. That's super important that they have access to it. It is also a good idea to give your doctor a copy and make sure they mm, have the good idea copy. I love that if the doctor actually has it, they know what you really want and need. The interesting thing, it is accepted in all 50 states, but there are a couple of states that need it notarized. Those states that need it notarized are North Carolina, South Carolina, West Virginia, and Missouri. Otherwise, you don't need it notarized. Awesome. But you need it witnessed. So you do it, and then it does need to be witnessed. And you can make you know several copies of it. As right. I say, so you have your copy. Maybe give a copy to your health care surrogate. Give that copy to the doctor. Can the witness be anybody you choose? Yes, the witness can be anybody. So if we fill this out, then, does it guarantee the wishes that you've expressed will be followed? Boy, don't we wish. <laughs> yeah, I know. It does not. But that's why you want to do the best you can to give that information everywhere. You know, once in a while, we have a living will, and then you have family who doesn't want to honor it. And if the person's in the hospital, you can actually ask the ethics committee to review the situation. Mm. People can go further if there's some contention among the family and not wanting to honor the living will. But that is important that you talk to them about it ahead of time and let people know, this is my wishes. This, you know, honor me this way. And ask your family to pay attention to it. So when you make changes to your document, is that something that you have to do all over again and re-witness it, or is it something that is fluid? You know, those are good questions. What we have done with our client is redone the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can change it, you can cross out some things, but you just really want to be careful with that. The first two wishes being a little more formal, 
you want to do a new document, you don't want to cross them out and start over. So in my mind, just redo the whole thing, especially if you're just copying what was originally done, but you're updating it, you're dating it, you're going to feel more comfortable that it is going to be accurate. Sure. Are there any limitations within this guide? I mean, obviously, there are things like assisted suicide that people might want to ask for. But you can't really ask for something that isn't legal because right. that's not legal everywhere. It is not. So no, you, you cannot have that included as part of this. Yeah, that that's, has to be a completely separate order. And I bet that comes up often. It, it is beginning to. Yeah. I've seen mm -hmm. a lot about that lately. Yes. Yes. You see a lot of conversations popping up, and it's interesting um, to see where those go. It really is. So we had a webinar recently with our Aging Life Care Association, the Florida chapter, about medically assisted end of life. So it is something that's more commonly discussed. Yes. I, I certainly am not sure where I land on that yet. <laughs> I think that has to be a personal choice, probably, but that's a hard discussion to have, just like the one we're having today. So are there any highlights within the five wishes that you'd like to pull to the forefront? You know, I think the one that is interesting that says, I want to be treated with kindness. And you think, what? Why is that in there? You know, that should just be a presumption that you're going to be treated with kindness. But what does kindness mean to you? You know, do you want a warm cloth on your head? Uh, you know, chapstick? Do you, are you a chapstick person? You know, what matters to you? Do you want massage? Do you want lotion? What matters to you in terms of kindness? Are you a music person? Do you have mm -hmm. a playlist that you want to put in there that you want this music for the end of life? Do you not hear well? You want to make sure they have your hearing aids in. You know, there's so many things that if you would identify, what does that mean to me? It would help people know, wow, this is what she loves. She wants to be smelling lavender. Oh, she hates lavender. You know, what is it that they like? I bet families really learn a lot about one another as they go through this document. Isn't it interesting? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you learn more about yourself, too. Sure. Uh, that you're really having to think, hmm, what does matter? I do want to go back to the one about the witness, because I did forget that in some states, they are more specific about who can be a witness and who cannot. So you want to read through that part. You know, it's not like with your will, you can't have the beneficiary be the witness, but some areas have that specifically. So you want to read through that more carefully. And it's definitely important, no matter what document you're filling out, whether you're seeking advice from an attorney or uh, filling out documents on your own, make sure that you are doing so in your home state. Yes, yes. There are a lot of people who travel between states, and you want to make sure that you are covered no matter where you are. But typically, your legal documents need to be executed in your home state. And so check with the rules for if you spend half the time in Florida and half the time somewhere else, you want to make sure you consult with your attorney about making sure that you're taken care of no matter where you are. But also with documents like this, if you live in one state where it has to be witnessed or notarized a certain way and another state where it doesn't, make sure that you cover yourself and do the whole thing. That is great advice, Liz. I so appreciate that with being in a snowbird area. And you want to have those documents available in each home, no matter where you are. And I think that's one thing, too. People often ask, excuse me, who can be the healthcare agent? Um, we run into this a lot. People think it has to be somebody nearby, and it really does not. With today's technology, your healthcare surrogate communicate with a doctor in so many different ways, whether it's a Zoom call, a FaceTime call, email, text messaging. There's so many ways to communicate. So I think rather than it 
people thinking, oh, I need to use my neighbor because she's right here. Has that person known you all of your life, like your family member who may be several states away? So Mm -hmm. set it up that it's the person who you know you will trust and they know you well and care about you and the distance doesn't matter. But that's part of our job. We help facilitate as care managers that communication, but it can be done no matter who it is. And so you mentioned healthcare agent and healthcare surrogate. Is there a difference between the two? There is not. That's just the terminology. And isn't there so much terminology yes. when it comes to aging? <laughs> there is, because sometimes people have a healthcare proxy when they're in the hospital, but that only counts for when you're in the hospital. You still want your legal advanced directive, your advanced care planning, whether it's this five wishes living will or another living will and healthcare surrogate documentation that is good everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, so important. Yes, so important. Yes. We'll save you a lot of stress later. Mm-hmm. So where do people find more information about Five Wishes, and how can they get their hands on one of these documents? That's a great question. Their website is fascinating. It's got so much information. You can actually do it a digital version. So you set up an account, and you get on there and update it all the time. Mm-hmm. You give your family access to that so they know how to find it. Here in our area, we've got the, the paper version. You can order a paper version. We're fortunate that Cornerstone Hospice provides these just to everybody. Oh, that's here great. in our area in Polk County and throughout Central Florida. So you can get the copy of it. You do want to complete it in ink. You know, maybe you do a sample copy in pencil, make copies and figure it out and then put it in ink when you're ready to finalize it. But the other things on the website that are so wonderful, they've got tools to walk you through it. They have a DVD. They even have a presenter's kit if you're somebody that wants to do a presentation to your neighborhood group or your church group about the value of using this Five Wishes that is available to you. So it's fivewishes.org. And we will also include that in the blog post and show notes. This is episode 66. But I also want to note they have on their website these same tools for children. They sure do. Isn't that interesting? I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that we can make this conversation comfortable, you know, that they can answer simple questions for themselves. I think if we make this conversation something that is normal and accepted, it will really change the way we experience end of life. That is true. It could just be a a family gathering type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say one time, several years ago, I took five copies. I have three sisters and my mom, so one Mother's Day weekend, took it to everybody. And I'm sorry to say, I bet nobody's finished it. (laughs) We're going to all be together in a few weeks. Reunion. We are going to be together in a few weeks, and it is the goal. That's a really great idea. I love that. Mm-hmm. Kind of do it, do it with each other, support each other through it. One of the other things I can talk about is um, an interesting deck of cards from the CODA Alliance. That's CODAalliance.com. And it's called the Go Wish Game. So it has all of these cards that you look through and you identify the ones that are most important to you, the ones that are somewhat important, the ones that are not important at all. So some of these cards say to meet with clergy or a chaplain. To be able to talk about what death means, to be able to talk about what scares me, not being connected to machines. So this is a really cool tool to use these cards and sort them out, and that might even help guide you through the specifics of what you're doing in this living will. This is the first time I've seen that, 
And I thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. I'm going to do a little more homework about that and see where they're distributing these and, and how people can get a hold of those. I'll also include that in the, the links and resources section of this okay. blog post and, and show notes. It's going to be long. There's lots of things to plug you into, but these are all so important. And again, it's about filling your toolbox with all the things that can help you through this part of the journey. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. So I'll repeat it. It's the Go Wish Game. And it says decide what's important together. So you can do it by yourself, but it's so much better to do it with discussion. Absolutely. I think the other thing that's a challenge for people, the person who is responsible for implementing your five wishes or your living will, it can be really hard to make Mm -hmm. those emotional decisions, as you're saying, when the person cannot anymore. So we've had the joy of having a medical ethicist speak here in Polk County a few years ago before COVID. And she's also been at our national conferences for the Aging Life Care Association. So her name is Vicki Kind. And it's called, the, her book is The Caregiver's Path to Compassionate Decision Making. We have referred people to this book so often because, especially if it's a dementia situation and the person is not able to really help guide the end of their life, it really is just such a good tool. It, it is. helps you, uh, it helps reinforce to you that you're doing the right thing. Thank you for that. Those are both fantastic tools. And I will, again, link all of those for you. And I hope that you dig deeper after our conversations here. You know, we're only able in 30 or 40 minutes to kind of brush the surface of all of these things that you need to be aware of. And I know it's a lot. And as a caregiver, many times you're thrown into these situations without any advance warning. Something happens And here you are. And our caregiving group is just getting broader and broader. There are Gen Z. There are millennials who are caring for their parents. They're in the thick of it now. They really are. And you've got Gen Z following right behind. But I've become aware of how many high school students and college students are actually caring for loved ones as well. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelming. So It really is. They need all the tools that they can get because they're just starting life Mm -hmm. and they're just starting their own journeys. And hopefully some of what we go over in these podcast episodes can be a help to anyone who's caregiving. And I think we just really want to emphasize, like you're saying, how do you assure yourself that your wishes will be followed? So the two things you want to pick the healthcare agent or your healthcare surrogate who knows you and is going to listen to you and has the courage to speak up for you. And then tell your family members what this document is, where it is, share it with your doctor. When Mm -hmm. you do those couple of things, you are really going to feel comfortable that your wishes are going to be followed. Absolutely. And you may even inspire the rest of your family to complete theirs as well. And wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? Wouldn't that be great? And even for the doctor to be more aware of it, maybe your doctor isn't aware of it at this Mm -hmm. point. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So before we finish, first, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us more about your business and what you do. Okay, thank you. Our business is called All About Aging. So we've been in business for 16 years. We cover the central part of Florida here, Polk County, Highlands, and Hardy. We are advocates for the family. So sometimes people think, who's your client? Is it the person who's ill, has dementia, is aging? Sometimes it's really the caregiver. So our Mm -hmm. task is to help the one who needs help get help in place so the caregiver stays sane and healthy and can continue providing care. So we assess the situation. We help the family identify what's really going on that they may see but not fully 
identify or grasp or want to admit. And then we help them develop a plan. It's a very different, unique niche. It's really a mm. great thing. You meet, meet the nicest families. You know, we meet the families who really care. They may be extremely frustrated with the situation. And I tell them it may not be easy. It's going to take a little time because we're going to go in baby steps. We want to honor that person's dignity right. and help them still feel like they're in control. If you live outside of the Polk County, Florida area, you can also find someone just like Barbara. If you'll go to, is it aginglifecare.com or .org? Aginglifecare.org, right. .org. <laughs> and you can find someone just like her who has the same type of experience and the same type of focus on older adults to help you through your own situations. So Exactly. You can put in the zip code of your area and you can look at the people who are involved and you can see what their background is and pick out who you want in that area to get your support. Great. Now the last question, and everyone knows it's my favorite question, a piece of sage advice that you'd like to leave our listeners with. You know, I feel like my lifelong advice to my family, to anybody is to continue to grow. You know, don't stagnate. Look at what interests you, continue to learn, uh, continue to grow as a person, challenge yourself ways that might not be so comfortable, and you will get more comfortable. That's great advice. I think we probably pushed some people outside their comfort zone today. Never an easy thing, but definitely an important thing. So our newsletter, are you receiving our newsletter? It's a bi-weekly newsletter. You can get it sent straight to your inbox, and that's super easy to do. Why do you want to do that? Well, you don't want to miss even one episode of the Sage Aging Podcast because we've got all kinds of good information coming your way. I'm so excited about the episodes that are coming forward over the next few months. And if you want to stay up to date and in tune with what's happening there, we also offer other bits of information and helpful tools. So I I hope that you'll join us in subscribing to that. We'd also love to connect with you on social media, whether that be Facebook, Instagram, soon to be YouTube, not quite yet, but we're working on some fun things for YouTube. Pinterest, we've got a mild presence there and working on building that up some more as well. So we want to be everywhere that you're comfortable and make sure that we can offer you the information that helps you along your way. That's it for today, friends. I hope that you'll tell your friends about the Sage Aging Podcast. And if it's been helpful to you, please let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback and we'd love to hear your ideas about shows that you'd like us to do in the future. So thanks again for listening and we will talk real soon. 